We don't slut shame around here. They say we are what we eat. Does that come in organic? So who are you eating? I believe they call that an ethical slut. Can I unplug your phone so I can charge my vibrator? I can't believe he couldn't find it. Fuck it. Let's roll. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to up-level that sexy life of yours with expert talk on sex, love, and nutrition. Hey lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Now there's a lot of talk about the concept of gender and how this construct came about, as well as whether it matters to even have this as a part of our social construct anymore. Is the idea of gender outdated? How do we define it? Is it something that we update? And there's so many terminology now that encompasses this complexity. So how is gender How might it be consciously or unconsciously even affecting how we move about the world and how we express ourselves? Now, as an expert in the field of sexuality, I make it a point to try and keep up with the conversations around sex, around sexual identity, and along my own path, I've come across differing opinions and different expectations and requests for for terminology and reference. And you'll even see on so many Zooms or workshops that you engage in, maybe they'll ask for your pronouns. And one way of inclusive identification one day can be an insult the next. These conversations move fast and they move fast because new perspectives are being added to the mix and hopefully they're pondered over and then adjusted depending on the information brought forward. It's a value of mine, which I can imagine it's a value for many of you to be inclusive. We don't want to exclude people. And still sometimes I totally own that I can miss the mark and unintentionally say something that activates somebody else's feelings of exclusion. I once thought that I was being inclusive and progressive when I used the word women with an X, only to find out by my loving colleagues on social media that women with an X was originally intended for inclusion to also include trans women who identified as femme. Uh, But some communities had since used it as a term to exclude trans women rather than include. And both of these arguments are on the internet, (laughs) both of them intending to be inclusive. And in my own research, had to discover, oh, okay, these things exist at the same time. So this is important to then update our script. What is the, and while every individual person would like to be referred to as differently, what is the collective understanding on this and including the different voices that it is directly referring to instead of us owning that we know more than the other person. Now, what I love about this conversation that I'm about to have with Eleven, who is a non-binary person, is that we get to hear both the raw and the lived spiritual process of a person going through their personal discovery around gender and identity, as well as my more clinical voice from the experience of research and some of my own students that I've had the honor to learn from. 
11 puts it so succinctly that this process can be hard to pin down because everyone's process is different. And what motivates or makes sense by one person is different than another person. And 11 leans on their knowledge of spirituality and their connection with the quantum world to make sense of their experiences. I tend to think more scientifically, and it's really cool to see how our views dance together and even to see how we we connect on, on similar concepts that um, can be translated in both of those, those perspectives. Similarly, where their fluidity manifests more in their gender expression and their sexual orientation, my fluidity falls along more of the sexual orientation spectrum. I've experimented with gender expression, but I wouldn't identify myself as non-binary. So there's some really good gold nuggets in this one, (laughs) and I'm excited to present it to you. But before we get to 11... I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for your reviews on iTunes and Spotify. They help me to continue to grow the show. And if you haven't already, head over to sexloveyoga.com where I've got Sensual Sunday's guide that's yours free. And I'm really inspired by sensuality. It's been a massive contribution to my own healing, my relationship with my body and being able to have sex that is connected rather than fearful or disconnected like it had been earlier on. (laughs) And if you're wanting to develop a deep lovership with your body and with pleasure in your life again, this is a very good place to start. And this program is trauma-informed. So if you've struggled with trauma, I break it down into bite-sized pieces to make it more accessible. Nothing fluffy or fake or bullshit or a waste of your time. I actually don't think that I could ever give you something that was. So check it out. Link is in the show notes and let's get going. Now let's talk with this epic human that I have with me today. My dear friend, Eleven, who is a two-spirit and identity alchemist and advocate here to draw some magical knowledge about gender spectrum. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yay. It's so good to see you virtually, Kat. <laughs> I love you so much. And I'm Aww. so grateful to, to do this today. Yeah. Right back at you. And you know, it's interesting. I've known you across several lifetimes in this one particular lifespan (laughs) and you have been so open and so public about your own personal exploration and your own evolution of your identity. And it's been really, really inspiring. I'll speak for myself, just, um, you know, not only for me, but I think for so many people out there who are on their own journey, who are needing, and and I'm going to use this word, I don't know how you'll receive this, but as a model for Mm -hmm. uh, permission to explore, permission to not know, permission to lean in. And so that's exactly where I want to start. Can you explain to our listeners what it means, first of all, to be two-spirit and the journey that you went on to claim this identity for yourself? Mm. Wow. Well, first of all, yes, you have known me. You are one of few, Kat, actually, that have known me through some of the deepest parts of my alchemy because you actually also knew my ex-husband. So mm-hmm. you yeah. not only got to meet Lynette Sine, the prior archetype that I was showing up as, 
and also now watch this whole evolution right before your very eyes. So first of all, thank you. And thank you for continuing to just be like this kindred spirit. We've walked, you know, in just different friend groups. And every time I see you, I light up because I'm just like, ah, there's that. (laughs) You're like a constant. So thank you. And I love you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, It has been a journey. And I, you know, it's interesting that you use the word model, like role model, I assume Mm -hmm. you mean role model. The Lynette actually means idol. And so it's so funny that I let go of that name, meaning it's, it's still obviously in my consciousness, you are the primordial sound of your name. So Mm -hmm. I have many different, right. Uh, and that means idol. Like it was like a French idol of the King, but that was like essentially a role model. Mm -hmm. And so it's been interesting to be in the awareness of what, uh, that meant and continues to mean. Uh, and as far as now, man, it has, it came through, just deep, deep work, inner inquiry, you know, and uh, just asking a lot of questions and trying to see where I was feeling stuck and wanting to just flow through new things. And I also grew up with entertainer parents. So I want to just shed light on this just because I think we see a lot of other personalities come forward and it's not their real name. Right. And so they Mm -hmm. step into a new alter ego, essentially. And um, we see this with like Stephanie, who we know as Lady Gaga, or, (laughs) you know, giving an example like David Bowie and all of these archetypes. So I, there's a plethora of things that started to happen. So I started to just really look at how I was showing up. And and then I started just doing really deep interpersonal work and Mm -hmm. shedding like the word you use identity. I was like, okay, when I want to, when I identify with something, cause I identified with Christian for a long mm-hmm. time. This was in your marriage. Just in, before that. in life. Yeah, yeah. Just in life. Cause I was raised in the, in the church. So I identified deeply with Christian because yeah. I was, you know, modeled that I identified with wife. I identified with, you know, beauty influencer, whatever, all these things. And I started just like disintegrating all of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, And so that's kind of where the quest, I started, you know, following the thread and then going deeper and unraveling. And with that, you know, came the awareness of deep ancestral healing. And I started doing study and I started going, whoa, what is this? And I started just asking myself and other non-binary beings or two-spirited beings were popping up in my life, of course, Mm. started manifesting and I started just being enthralled by them. Right. I was just very intrigued. And, um, and then I started just asking myself, well, what is it about them? And it was again, like you said, permission. And I started going, huh, I've always felt, you know, very androgynous and I go through seasons, right. I ebb and flow. I go into, you know, I grew up wearing my little brother's clothing and Mm -hmm. shopping only in the little boys section for Mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of morphed and I keep morphing. I keep just having like these metamorphosis type moments throughout my life. And I love both. I love both sides. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll continue to get further into that. But as far as Two-Spirit, it was in deep medicine ceremony that it came through. And my ancestors were like, you are, you know, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. And you Mm -hmm. are one with the family that's going to really be a bridge to Mm -hmm. Consciousness and awareness. Um, so it's a yeah, 
uh, a basically where you can pull from and draw from each energy. Mm-hmm. So sure, we have our human avatar and spirit is channeling through each and every one of us. So um, while my avatar may be feminine presenting, I am able to access uh, some really interesting points. And to all that to say, I am a student. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're bringing up some really good terms that I I know from from the work, but some of our listeners may be like, "Ooh, that's curious. What does that mean?" You know, you you said the words so two spirit and androgynous. What what are you referring to that? Yeah. So in my research, man, there's so many rabbit holes that we could go down right now <laughs> because of who. Yeah, just how I was raised, and I was uh, my dad was a fringe dweller. He loved to take things apart and just really, um, research and study and etymology was a big part of my, you know, adolescence thinking about words and what they mean and the original meaning and languages. So from a very young age, my dad would talk about other beings. Okay. And I was born with 11 toes. This is why I go by 11. Mm. So I already have a glitch in the matrix that he pointed out. And so from very young, he said, just so you know, you're a hybrid. And I was like, what? So I know this is, I'm not going to get into the whole rabbit hole, but um, pun intended the whole rabbit hole. Um, But it's been a really interesting thing to study giants. I know this is kind of weird, but to study the original like giants that were, they call themselves like, and they dress like jesters, like the Joker. Yeah. And they also, and they were known as like, they were the shamans. Sometimes they were the way showers, the wisdom keepers, and they were androgynous beings. They channeled both energies. And so if you study back, I mean, this is all you can go and do your research. It's fascinating. And it wasn't until more recently that I kind of like came back full circle to this and was going, Whoa, hold up here this is something else. Um, and there's like different blood types that can't be explained, which I happen to have. It's really, it's just a fascinating, it's a fascinating experience. Yeah. So when you say you're saying channeling two energies, are you referring to yin and yang masculine yeah. feminine? Okay. Yes. And there's, and there's even more. So as I continue to go down this path, I've been doing my own, you know, again, like just listening and, uh, I am such a fetus when it comes to sometimes speaking on this. And so I told you even before we started this, I was like, oh, I get a little vulnerable sometimes because I don't have all the answers. Mm. I'm coming from such a place of sure-footedness inside yeah. that I don't always have like the right language. So, you know, and is I, there a right language? Exactly. I think that's a question that we need to ask ourselves, like just by the nature of this conversation, it's like, are we using words that can encapsulate the complexity of these concepts that we're trying to grasp at but the, we're always going to lose some of the nuance and some yes. of the, the, the pieces there. So I think a part of the art and the understanding is absorbing the information from individual people to see what their, their authentic identity and expression is and how they came to that. 100%. Yes. Yeah. We're living, breathing stories. <laughs> and I'm a mere student of the human curriculum and I'm just back here and I'm like, okay, how do I best explain this? I don't know exactly <laughs> what's coming through me. I just know. Mm-hmm. I deeply know. And, and then ever, of course, everything just keeps pointing back to it. Um, and yeah. And then there's, you know, even in native culture, there's 
five spirits and there's six spirits. So I think as consciousness continues to ascend, people Mm -hmm. are remembering more. Of course, we're quantum leaping. And Mm -hmm. so it's, you can see where we're at even just today. uh, We're coming back into really deep remembering Mm -hmm. and it's exciting. It's really exciting. So we're all going to be levitating soon. And like, (laughs) (laughs) that's going to be another episode. We'll talk about that one. (laughs) So, so to put all of these, um, esoteric, these, these very complex, um, ideologies into more accessible terminology for people who may be curious or have never been introduced to the concept around sex or gender identity beyond what their own cultural programming has been. How Mm. would you help somebody to, to know the difference between sex, between gender identity, between gender expression? Yeah. So each of us are, you know, there's always been intersex and gender variant beings since Mm. the beginning of time. This is not new. This is, you know, very ancient stuff. However, Mm. there's been an epic cleanse around the awareness of this, whether through literature, through how everyone has been taught through our, you know, school systems. Mm -hmm. And there's a very specific agenda, I believe, to keep that stuff out. And it has been through white colonization. And so I am part native. Um, I have also French. My dad is mostly French. So yes, French Puerto Rican, but anyway, it, it just goes, it's been really interesting to walk my path because I have deep ancient codes, you know, my mom's Chinese and Hispanic. And then I have, you know, my dad. And so I've been really studying. And of course, as I did got deeper into the ancestral healing, I started realizing, whoa, there was a very specific agenda to keep a lot of this information, you know, out of our reach. And so we're coming back to this place of rectification. So my, my synthesis would be your ancestors were exactly this too. And it seems so jolting because of heavy programming. When the second that you're born into this world, you're already put into two, one of two boxes. Mm. And so it is my mission to eat all of our native ancestors. Not all of them. I mean, again, it depends on how far you want to go. You know what I mean? So like the first man and what, who, who even knows what I do know is that my native ancestors, you did not ever put a child into a gender category right at birth at all. Mm. It was until seven years old and the whole name thing they named themselves. So they had a nickname or, you know, something that they would be called and then they chose their name. Mm. So this was a rite of passage for all natives. And it wasn't just, there was beings that just flowed in and out of these energies. And it was not this weird stigma around, you know, this is masculine and this is feminine. Um, of course we were in a completely primitive existence as well. We weren't in what we're in today in the 21st century. Um, so I guess for those curious, wondering what this even means, cause it continues, you see what's happening. It's like, there's been a boom. I would, I would say that there's a lot more conversation around this because the children that have come from the stars a lot sooner than us from the cosmos and chosen to incarnate now are kind of going, I'm so proud of Gen Z. Gen Z is all going, what is this all about? You know, these boxes and these things that you guys continue to do, um, are just not serving us. And so we're continuing to see more children, even from really little saying, this just isn't it for me. 
or, you know, this, this person will tell you who they are from them instead of being told. So I think if we can just all step back and realize where did we learn what male was or female was, I mean, usually it's from our parents, right? Mm -hmm. Or from the cultural at large. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so when I was a concept, right, I was conceived. Um, my parents didn't want to know my gender. So I find this to be really curious as well. My parents wanted it to be a surprise. And so they painted everything yellow. And mm. I, like, my parents didn't do the whole like pink or blue or any of that. And I just find that to be interesting. You know, I actually haven't even had that conversation with my, with my parents, but I'm like, huh, it's all just been laid out and I'm really grateful for it. And I'm grateful that also I wanted to do drag when I, since I was little and kind of like dress in more and they were fine. They didn't care. Cause my parents were magicians. So mm-hmm. they were talk about performers. They just were, my dad was wearing makeup. My mom was always, you know, playing up characters. So it was a lot more playful and free and not so rigid and linear. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for artist parents. Cause that was helpful. Mm-hmm. And of course there, we've got our set of you know? Yeah. 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 So what I'm hearing you say in, in your, in, in, in the beautiful artistry of your words, um, that sex is something that, and this is something that I talk with my clients around sex is something more about how your body is the, the orientation of your body, the way your body is physically made up. Whereas the gender identity is more around, the influence, both the influence and the deconstruction of what is present in our culture that tells us how to determine what your sex means and how, how to determine what your sex is supposed to act or express themselves. And then here you're saying, because I've been both brought up in a very supportive environment around um, you can do things that are outside of the expected norms around female or male or this, the, you know, this binary that it's cultivated this ability for you to step more into a curiosity and question your own individual expression and identity. Right. Yes. And to speak a little bit more, thank you for condensing that. It was so well done. <laughs> And to speak more, and I love your podcast and everything that you share about because we speak, you speak a lot about sex. So Mm -hmm. this concept of, you know, plug and go or this, like the, the avatar, right. It's masculine or feminine. What do you mean by avatar? Explain that. Um, Just our bodies, our beautiful bodies of bone and blood. So like, if you have a penis, it goes into this, you know, portal, this vagina, Mm -hmm. and this is how it works, right? Because there was a concept of always wanting to procreate, but we know since ancient times, we were just supposed to be living in an orgasmic state in pleasure. And that doesn't mean you can't receive pleasure from Mm -hmm. same sex individuals. And I know you've been in partnership or flown in and out with, flowed in and out Mm -hmm. with beautiful um, archetypes that are the same sex. And so have I (laughs) been such a huge part of my liberation too, because I don't need a cock to have a full body orgasm. So I'm like, uh, it's a yes. And for me, uh-huh. so I've, been, it's been deeply connected with my sexuality, but that's not for everyone. So I do want to like yeah. shed light on not everyone that is a two spirit or, you know, you know, stepping into non-binary are also queer. However, yeah. I definitely am queer as fuck. Babe. So I'm like hand raised. So, like, what do you mean by queer? There's another nice term I like. I know. I love <laughs> queer. I love reclaiming queer because um, the baby boomers did a real good job of making us afraid of that. 
uh, of that term to me, I mean, I've been dating women since I was in my, you know, late teens. And that was when I felt brave enough to actually like step into Mm -hmm. full partnership with other women and, um, womb space holders. And when I first started dating, you know, same sex individuals, um, I, I, I was the same way. I didn't like, I didn't want to, I wanted to identify or I wanted to be a part of the community of LGBT. Mm-hmm. I of course was like at all the parades and all the, you know, um, activation or whatever sort of events that we had. Uh, but I didn't ever, I never was like, oh, I'm gay. Or I never felt right with saying lesbian or even bi. Mm-hmm. I just didn't yeah. like it. Um, and then when I came into further awareness of queer, I think of it like an umbrella. So an umbrella because bi means just, you know, male or female and there's beings in between as well. Mm -hmm. So queer to me is an all encompassing term that feels most correct because one day I wake up and I really want to, you know, explore further with um, the feminine or, you know, and uh, yeah, it it just feels, it feels more fluid to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Creates more spaciousness for you to be expressive and whatever, um, honoring the the dynamic nature of you and you being a human and your likes and your dislikes that change and move moment to moment, day to day, year to year, <laughs> life chapter to life chapter. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, exactly. And, it, and it's been more recently, actually. It's only been within the last, I'd say, two years mm-hmm. that I felt really locked in with saying, I was like, oh yeah, I'm queer as fuck. And yeah. queer also, you know, again, go to etymology, means weird. And weird, W-Y-R-D, the original etymology of weird is just moving in direction of your destiny or just aligned in your, mm. your purpose. That's what mm. weird means. So if you're a friend, yeah. you're a little bit, you know. I love words. Yeah. Yeah. I love words so much. And there, I had recently read that there were 64, probably more than 64, um, different terms for gender identity or expression. And this leads me to think about, you know, if we, how do we approach inclusion without having to list all 64 identifying terms to make sure that everybody feels included? You know, is there any, do we have any terms that are all encompassing? You said queer, which I, I really enjoy that word, but what words have you come across that can be? I mean, less- honestly, I feel like, so what we're doing, so interesting, right? Because I've even gotten this question of people saying, this is a little bit outside of, you know, queerness, but the idea of two sphere and people are like, oh, well, you're creating another label to disintegrate the labels. And I'm like, this is part of the pendulum swing guys. This is just what it is because instead of just saying being, and we're all up in arms around they, them pronouns, which is so funny because we've been saying that if you don't know somebody and you go, Oh, uh, you know, you're walking down the street and someone leaves their, you know, we'll just use this as an example. Oh, someone left their sparkling water. I don't know where it is, but hopefully they find it. We've always used they, them pronouns. We don't know about who they are as far as gender, but we're obsessed with Mm. genitalia. And I've even started to be very conscious. I felt convicted, honestly. This is something that just came through. Um, A partner of mine was like, hey, uh, asking about another queer friend of mine and that's trans. And they said, well, is it female to male or male to female? And I was like, you know, I don't really want to disclose that. I mean, you can go and research them. They're very public online. And if you want to go dig and they do tell their story, 
great, go do that. But I think that when we lead with that, well, as a female, like it's, again, we're obsessed with the genitalia and I don't, I I don't think that's inherently wrong. I just Mm -hmm. wonder when we can, well, I know when it's going to be. I mean, I have every plan on bringing little starseed beings, little babies into this, into this earth without ever revealing a gender until they decide if they want to, you know, um, because I think we do these gender reveal parties and it's like, what is that? And God mm-hmm. bless everyone. You know, it's not coming from an, you know, a bad place. Right. I just now can't unsee it. And I'm like, oh, we're just going. Mm-hmm. So what I know? hear from your language is a, is a curiosity towards towards other people who aren't necessarily in your eyes, in your lens, rather than an anger towards them. Of course, of course. Yeah, because there's only ever you. So it's just other me's out there that are in process, (laughs) the same. So uh, there's, you know, of course, grace for everything as we're in process and Mm -hmm. remembering. Yeah. and I, I want to mention too, that every single being has this, and you would know this, an energetic body. And so we all have a womb chakra and there, I've been seeing full womb healings on men. And I'm sure you've seen that in your work as well, where these men are coming into the great cosmic mother, the awareness of this other space of no thing, right? The first part of existence in creation is the womb. Mm-hmm. And so the cosmic womb, as we continue to, I'm an Aquarius, so we're always going to just travel away up here. Um, but we all came from that space. And I, I am finding more and more men coming into awareness of their energetic body as well. Male ID, you know, uh, I yeah. would say. and so I think we're in this, um, we're actually, we're in the contractions of this great awakening. And I think we won't, you're going to, our children, it's going to be so crazy. Like if we think of us as ancestors, which is so fun to think about, um, our grandchildren and our children are not, I guarantee it's going to be in our lifetime that we, this is going to be done with. We're going to be, we're going to do away with it. And a lot of people are nervous. So they're like, this is like the hunger games, you know, we're all just becoming these, you know, alien beings that. I'm like, guys, what do you think this is? This is the Maya, it's the illusion. Like all of this is just a, an avatar. It's a, meaning it's a beautiful body of bone and blood. And we are, you know, coming from other levels of the cosmos. This is not just it, mm. but yeah, it, agrees with that. So, well, I think a part of it, you know, as you're, as you're describing this, the, the, we're, we're coming into more critical thinking. We're coming into more, um, curiosity, and we're becoming a lot more aware of our ability to evolve and change constructs that have been that have been in place for an, a millennia. You know, and so I think part of the process of evolving is still meeting people where they are and using words where they are, so that so that we can help lift them and, and support them and their evolution. We can't expect anybody to, you know, be in, in this understanding with, um, with what we have, if we aren't able to, to meet them there. Cause it's, it's almost like here bypass all of these years of, of self-growth that I've done to meet me where I'm at. And that, that can bring up a lot of insecurities or shame or fear. Like you said, fear and nervousness, because somebody that isn't resonant with somebody. 
And so where I think that's why I keep asking you, what are, what are some of the, how do you define that? Help people to understand that. And, and I even see this happening between, um, between experiences, right? Because people are misusing terms or not, or choosing not to educate themselves around, um, using different pronouns like they and them or, um, and, and so how do you, how, how have you found, um, to, to speak to somebody who's misidentified you or who has used a previous name, Lynette, or used she instead of they, um, how do you talk to them or how do you hold them? I mean, listen, I think, and I tread lightly when saying this, but everyone's, if I were doing this, I wouldn't be doing this if I were overly easily offended. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I, I mean, to me, I'm like, I did identify as these things and I'm trying to learn to not identify, but that's a process. So with my whole family and with, there's mm-hmm. so much radical grace. Cause I'm going, I'm just figuring it out. I, you know, I'm in this body and I still am figuring it out. So I can mm-hmm. only imagine from the outside when you've been very, I've watched people mourning, honestly, mm-hmm. like literally as if a death has happened because, um, I'm shape-shifting so quickly and I just continue to go deeper in that. Yeah. People that have known you, I mean, some of my deepest friendships, longest friendships have gone through rupture. Mm. There's been rupture because, um, you know, when you start to morph, right. Mm. Or you come out of that chrysalis, then what does that mean? If where you were a caterpillar and you're just walking around, da, 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 slower pay it, whatever, you know, all the little cute metaphors of, um, <laughs> of the caterpillar. And then you start flying in front of all of your friends. Mm-hmm. They're going on the, they're sitting on the ground going, how the fuck is that possible? And there's an identity crisis that happens in everyone then, because then they're going, wait, if you're shifting this much, what does that mean for me? Mm. You know, and I'm posing and I'm, you know, sparking some really interesting other curiosities and people of, you know, and I'm, I'm also, I can be pretty verbose or very, um, you know, just very sure-footed in how I speak. And so sometimes people get triggered easily. Cause I just, I'm like, I don't believe in straight straight's not a thing. You know, sexuality is a spectrum. There is no, mm-hmm. you yeah. keep thinking that you're straight, but you're cute. And I kind of just wink. I'm like, there is no straight. It's not a thing. Right. Uh, I don't even, I mean, honestly, I don't even really believe in gay anymore. I'm like, it's just a spectrum. And I'm watching a lot of my gay friends that have kind of come back into this awareness of like, we just are beings mm-hmm. we're these beastly beings that have primal instincts and want to explore. And like, you know, I think that once you put yourself in that box, I've watched several friends that have now kind of been stepping back and going, Oh, I actually do want to sleep with men again. And I've been identifying as a lesbian for mm. 30 years. Yeah. Um, and it's been cool. It's honestly, and I'm like cheering them on all the way because I find why limit yourself Um, and so eventually the reason why I'm speaking so publicly on these things is I'm like, as we know, I'm in a lot more awareness than I give off. I might not have, like I said, all the eloquence. Mm -hmm. However, what I do know is that we're, all I see is it's one of the, you know, seven hermetic principles where your attention goes, energy flows. And it's just like these laws of consciousness. And, uh, also, um, what was the one that I was thinking of one of the principles? is gender. The last one is gender seven. The seventh one is gender. 
And so everything is masculine and feminine, but we've just gotten stuck. And so as, as I, I watch us coming back into the awareness of her story, because it's been his story, history mm-hmm. for a very long time. Thank you, gentlemen. We love it. We support you. Mm-hmm. We love you so much. And now take a seat, please. Uh, we have a few things that we'd like to share from a space, you know, and I, I channel from my womb now been deep womb healing and so when people ask so do you not identify as a woman that's where this stuff gets sticky because I'm like ah and I've chatted with it I've chatted about this with other two-spirited two-spirited beings or other non-binary friends of mine Mm -hmm. and it's been interesting because I have friends that have full top surgery still you know have their womb space and still want to have children Mm -hmm. uh and still and are I have trans friends that have children and they're like, of course, I'll identify as a woman. It is the highest honor. I've incarnated multiple times to get here. So yes, I do identify as a woman and I'm trans. It's, 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 a, it's a really interesting mm-hmm. rabbit hole again mm-hmm. to go down. Um, but Which I, is why the- I think so many will identify as she and them, mm-hmm. right? Have multiple pronouns that express who they are versus just she, her, or they, them, but all of them. Yeah, she, they, he, they. Mm-hmm. Now it's like zer, z, z. It's so fun. It's honestly a game. It's just a, it, we're very cute. I just would say we're very cute. We're spirit trying to understand itself more. Mm-hmm. And so it's a kaleidoscope. And so there's going to be all these colors. And if we can just be a lot more diversified, I always encourage everyone, if you're just hearing all of this conversation going, what the fuck are you even talking about? Diversify, hang out with more queer people, hang out Mm. with other races, hang out with, so that you don't start looking and talking and being the same because we don't need the Stepford wife type continuing to happen. Um, It is a melting pot and we do have this beautiful, colorful and rich humanity and we can learn from one another. And when, when you are, uh, you know, uh, you know, what a, when you encounter a being that's a little different than you, sure, there might be fear, but it's really because we don't want to offend. So I know that when people say it, they're not doing it to be offensive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll say something. Sometimes I won't, you know, yeah. with the Lynette thing I do just because that one, it was a special, it was a very special thing to kind of just put that on the shelf when yeah. it comes to pronouns, there's times I'll address it and be like, Hey, you know, what feels really good you don't really need to call me sister. I feel really good with cosmic sibling. <laughs> or you know, maybe just call me your child, you know, yeah. and my mom is, you know, working through those things. It's been interesting. And then I'm even learning non-binary Espanol because I'm out here in Mexico. Wow. Uh-huh. It's, changing. it's changing. Instead of bonita or bonito, right. I uh, would be feminine. Yes. And then it's, you know, it's even in, ingrained in the language. Yeah. Bonite. Oh, bonite. wow. Okay. So my partner is so sweet. And, uh, he's like, yeah, bonite. Tu eres muy bonite. And I'm like, oh, oh. wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, I yeah. love that. I'd even seen in some of the, you know, um, references to like Latinx, you know, yes. as, as a reference to an inclusion around, not just the, the binary, but, exactly. but 
the spectrum of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so even the way that you speak to somebody who may miss, miss, um, misidentify you or misuse the terminology, there's still a lot of compassion I hear in your, in your voice. There's still a lot of like empathy and connecting with their journey and understanding that they're just at a different point in their understanding and comprehension, which I think is a beautiful and important quality to hold as we're, as we are changing the collective ideology around it. I mean, yes, it's only been a few years that this, that, you know, we've seen pronouns on people's social media, you know, like it's only been probably even like just two years really, but, but it's, so we're still at the, at the beginning of this, even if it's been here for a lifetime. Uh, but giving the, the, the empathy and the, the curiosity there, um, for somebody who does make that mistake, now, how can they, how can they move forward in a repair or how can they, um, how can they respond or, you know, um, uh, yeah, hold, hold that, that, hold that mistake or. Yeah, I would say, well, one, I don't believe in mistakes. Mm. Uh, so it's all just, you know, again, us trying to understand each other better. <laughs> so I think if it's coming from such a pure place, right? I, mm. I know the energetics. I can tell when I'm getting, you know, haters online that are just trying to just poke at me. And it's just, again, it's me poking at me <laughs> mm. <laughs> to trigger, you know, different things. So I just, I kind of have like of all that, but I would say, yeah, if you're wanting to make people feel very supported to individuals mm. in your life, that question alone, how can you feel most supported? Hey, you know, like when you do say things, I know that this is a learning curve for all of us. Um, would you mind just being, and I've done this, you know, not only with my current partner, but with, you know, uh, family, friends, and, and, um, it's a process. It's a process, you know, not my entire family. There's like a a large side of my family. that totally gets it. Totally Mm -hmm. fine. My nuclear family, like my immediate family, woo, very different because they've known this one archetype the whole time. So it's rocking the boat of it. Mm. Um, and I just, I smile and I just go, okay, you know, it's, it's, there's no, it's a part of my own process too, but mm. I would say, yeah, just grace, what happened to grace, you know? And I think mm. just from a place of recognizing, um, we're in this massive shift and it's exciting and it's going to take, um, yeah, just walking together and just mm-hmm. committing to like try and make people feel really comfortable. Why not? Why would you not want that? Yeah. Yeah. I think why not? I, I think there's a lot of pain out there and a lot of trauma that's existing in our culture, or even, you know, one of our core basic human needs is to be understood or be seen. And so I can see the side of the offense or the anger coming forward because it's hitting that that core wound or it's hitting something around, you know, not feeling understood or seen, which can activate our survival uh, mechanism inside. You know, if we're not really seen, how can we ensure that we're taken care of or, or protected there? I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, over the years of doing sex therapy and being an educator around it and having had my learning curves, like, you know, being, you know, being taught back of, um, you know, using women with an X as the A isn't as inclusive as I thought it would be, or I thought that it was according to certain sources. 
And then learning that, um, uh, you know, even sometimes making mistake where I'm like rushing and I'm just talking really fast and in flow. And I forget to include, you know, forget to say, uh, women, femme and non-binary, or I just, you know, use one or the other and, and can, um, activate somebody's internal feeling of exclusion or not feeling that I saw them. And, and I think for any of us who, and as we become more in the, as I'm becoming more in the public eye, how important it is to be trauma-informed and to, to hold that space. And, and, and at the same time, I make mistakes as I'm human as the two. And so even for those of us who are, who are allies and uh, may not identify as non-binary uh, when we make mistakes, the importance of not dropping into shame because shame causes us to become self-absorbed in our own badness. And, and how, can we practice holding somebody's hurt, holding somebody's discomfort or anger without shying away from it or, or pulling away from it? But like, we're all have a right to feel our emotions, to feel, you know, hurt or feel, um, pain. And, and I, I don't know you, maybe you can speak to this, but I think our culture has become very fragile around or avoiding around discomfort instead of allowing it to just be here. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Because I, even when I hear you say that, I'm like, I don't want any being ever to feel like they're making mistakes we're just mm -hmm. this is earth school <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the point right so I'm kind of like when we get too over serious I think that's the logical mind so mm -hmm. if we can come back into presence and being just being right mm -hmm. um which is more of the feminine not the doer, not the, da, 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 like the logical mind. Uh, we, and I, I, you know, I love, you know, talking about science and I love all that and whatever happened with like cur curious minds, just leading with curiosity, which yeah. is the childlike awe and wonder. And you find that these little children are just, Oh, okay. Interesting. You know, they ask questions and they're not afraid of looking stupid. There are no stupid questions, right? They just ask away and there's no fear in that. However, mm. I agree with you. We've gotten very oversensitive and this is just honest. This is why I feel like such a specific call to be speaking more on this just because I, I will say, and this is going to be a little bold, there's so more work to be done in some of these communities. And I've taken years of self-development. I'm not trying, this is not hierarchical. It's not about mm -hmm. that. It's just that I have gone to the depths of being literally where I have turned into mush in the chrysalis, turning into absolutely nothing, being mm -hmm. so devoted to, um, I guess, how would I even say this? I've just been really focused on my, my work, right. My, my, I'm not perfect. Just like mm -hmm. you said, you're not, we're all trying our mm -hmm. best, but I've been really dedicated to, if you're easily offended, it just points where your core wounding is. Mm -hmm. And so I just find that there's just, again, there's more work to be done to just recognize that every single set of eyes outside of your own are you. So I'm like, when we get to there, that unity consciousness, recognizing that, we're in that process and it's taking its course. And that's why the polarity is so high. That's why this is coming out now. That's why this is such a big part of the conversation. Non-binary, non-polarized thinking, right? Black or white. Mm -hmm. He or yeah. she. Yeah. 
you know, good or evil. I'm like, it just is. It's a pressure cooker right now. It's like, we saw that really explode last year with the the lockdown and all the, the, um, uh, the, the protests, which you and I had gone to here in Los Angeles. And, and just like, it's, it's like the systems can't hold this anymore. And it's, and it's breaking and people are fed up (laughs) and people are looking for to be seen so that they can survive in this world and feel safe. But I think there's just the, you know, speaking to the um, oversensitive, the, the sensitivity, I won't even say over, but the sensitivity or fragility is a representation of the trauma, the cultural trauma that really has not been addressed. And right now it's getting, it's getting activated. It's coming out. And so we've got so much emotion, raw emotion, anger, grief, fear, sadness. And it's just, what we've not been taught how to deal with our, or how to navigate intense emotions. I'm like, what do we do with big emotion? (laughs) Usually we got real good at suppressing it. And now it's just all here. So we got to figure out what to do with it. (laughs) Yes. How do we handle this in a healthy and conscious way? Totally. Totally. And I'm finding more and more archetypes coming forward and using their voices and coming from such a deep place of compassion. So when they are receiving all of this hate, they're in the awareness, it's just a projection. And so they're walking people back home. Like Ram Dass talks about, we're all here to just walk each other back home. And it is to the law of one, you know, it's actually just this one big cosmic loop that we're in. Mm. And so just trusting the process, I find that again, that's why I, I'm like, oh, I don't want, the, the mistake thing. I'm like, we're not making, we're just, we're ebbing and flowing and mm. maybe misstep. It's, is it a misstep though? Cause isn't it perfect at the end of the day? So I just, I find that, um, I guess what it is, is it's just curious being curious because mm. if mm. you're eating with that, you can just be, you can know that it's going to be magic at the end of that. Lovers. Thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, hit subscribe and head over to eatplaysex.com to connect with me and grab my sexy guides. Because my goal here is to get you to eat, play, and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. Until next time. Keep it sexy.